hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sailorville podcast. My name is Pastor Paul Seymour. I'm here joined by my my good friend, fellow pastor, Pastor Kurt DeGraff. And uh, here at Sailorville Church, as many of you know, our our goal is to see more people be more like Jesus. And so that's our goal today, too, is to help you be more like Christ, uh, obey his word, and have the joy that comes from obeying his word. So that's why we're here. Thank you again for joining us. Um, Pastor Kurt has uh, has opened the Word of God this past weekend. He had the uh, privilege of being in the pulpit, and he always does such a great job. Uh, and uh, he opened uh, the Word of God to us from James chapter 3. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so, Pastor Kurt, thank you. You did a great job on Sunday. You're very kind, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> really? It's, it's tough to talk about talk. <laughs> uh, the Spirit of God had to work in my heart and continues to work in my heart. Mm. So uh, I, I appreciate the privilege of preaching, but I'm sobered by the responsibility, too. You mean you don't have it all together up there? You're not, <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> no. It's why I volunteered at the end. I wanted to be the first to confess my sins. Right, yes. And we all have a problem with our, our tongue, right? We do, and the scriptures are very clear about that. And uh, today we're just going to kind of talk about the implications of this text and uh, how it applies to all of us as believers. Yeah, well, it's a very practical uh, text, right? It, it's very rubber meets the road. Exceedingly so. Look at James. And so, uh, as we said, uh, the, we're, we're talking about talk. You know, you, you heard Pastor Kurt's quip in the beginning of the message, if you were there. <laughs> we are talking about talk. And uh, from James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, and I, and I have to ask this, Pastor Kurt, um, having preached myself and as you went over the passage of scripture, there are certain parts uh, because of what we're walking through in life and because of what we experience, there are certain parts of scripture that sometimes just jump off the page and just grab you and say, listen to me. <laughs> and so I'm just curious, what what were the major things for you that really jumped out at you from those first 12 verses of chapter three there? Well, the very first verse is going to make any pastor, preacher, teacher, sit up and take notice because there's a warning <laughs> mm. to the guy who's doing the talking. Yeah. Just to refresh our hearers, our listeners, the exhortation James gives to his fellow speakers, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach or preach or disciple will be judged with greater strictness. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is was and is sobering to me. It's a sobering nature to all of us who are involved in leadership, whether it's preaching, teaching, and even for you, Pastor Paul, I'm sure you sense it as the leader of our worship music ministry. The lyrics that we sing are crucial, and we'll stand accountable someday, in your case, for the lyrics you've chosen me for the message I preached. Yeah, words have power, and when they're attached to music, they have staying power. They, <laughs> they do. They stay in your heart, and so we got to make sure that they're true. So we're really careful about that. How about you? What uh, what jumped out at you as uh, you read this text or listened to the message for, from, from this passage? Yeah, for me, it was kind of easy, and it, this... Every time I read this passage, it's the same, I think, thing that jumps out at me. And that's a little bit of verse 5, but mostly of verse 6. It says, how how great a forest is set abla- mm. ablaze by such a small fire, yeah. and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. 
I mean, that's one of the most straightforward, <laughs> strong indictments of that that member of our body that I can think of in Scripture. And um, it, it, for me, the reason it jumps out is because it's such, um, I think you made the comment, um, if we realized how powerful of a weapon that we carry around in our mouths all the time. And I, I think the answer to that for most people is no, we don't realize that. We say things flippantly and we, we go through our day and, and not realizing that the power that's in our tongue and also that we have to give an account for every word that we say, that's a, that's a powerful thing. And it was interesting as I left church Sunday morning, um, or maybe sometime Sunday afternoon, but I was driving by right by the church and there was some construction going on and they had put some trash in a barrel and it was kind of a big fire. It was right by a wow. house. And my and my daughters go, whoa, that's a big fire. And I thought, man, that's really close to that house. What are they doing? And But but what I was thinking of was going back to this message is just a little spark of that fire. Yeah. If it catches the right spot, your house is gone. Those ho- houses are so close together, you might get a couple of them in there. But the point being that our words, just just a little word, something that we could think of as innocuous, can set on fire um, a, a much larger uh, forest fire, if you will, yeah. uh, and have a lot of even unintended consequences. And in fact, unintended consequences are usually what happens with careless words. Uh, my, my opening explanation of the premise behind the text that really the the chief reveal mm-hmm. uh, of where we are spiritually is demonstrated in how we talk, what we say, and yep. And what we say about others may have seemed in the moment like a bit of an overstatement for any of us who've been preaching through the book of James. It's like all of these are hard-hitting texts Mm -hmm. talking about works that represent true, genuine faith. But I thought, well, James seems to be implying that this is telltale sign number one, how we talk. Wow, that's powerful. Yep, absolutely. So... With these different areas of ministry that we have around here at Sailorville Church, there's lots of, of areas, and, and certainly that you and I are in, Pastor Kurt, and, and and Pastor Kurt, you have a lot more experience than I do. You've been in a lot of different situations and worn a lot of hats. And so uh, maybe just maybe we just need to ask the question, what what role does communication play for, for us, how we employ our words uh, in our various ministries at church? And you're... you're uh, in, in counseling and have been uh, a teacher and a preacher and still are. And, and I'm in counseling and I'm in music. There's all these things. So what, uh, what role does that play for you in, in the way you do ministry? It, it is crucial. Oh, we are wordsmiths hmm. and we have to, by design, be very careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I both love people that are well-spoken that write music well. Yes, we we listen carefully. Uh, we're profoundly impacted when we read something that's crafted uh, in, in a way that just grabs you, mm-hmm. that jumps off the page, mm-hmm. and and I love that. And uh, I love to listen to people that communicate well because they grab your attention, and the spirit can use that in a very powerful way. I, I want to China kind of turn the question back your direction before we go any further. Yeah. Paul, as you think about the music ministry, what role do the words, the lyrics play in what we're trying to accomplish every Sunday when people gather to sing in unison? Yeah. Um, 
a, a little bit of what I said before is just that I want, uh, and I, I say this in every new members class uh, as people get to know the church, but I want the music, the words that we sing that, that, that are mixed with that glue of the, the tune and the, you know, the chords of the melody and all that. I want them to be true because the things that sit on your heart um, are, are a, a powerful catalyst for how you, what you believe and, and therefore how you live your life. And so um, my main goal is to make sure that the communication that I have coming from those songs are communicating the gospel and communicating hope and, and, uh, and inversely and making sure that they don't communicate falsehood. They don't communicate something that's not true about God because the last thing I want to do is have something with staying power that is a, uh, an untruth about God sitting on your heart and having that come from the, the stage of Sailorville Church that purports to be preaching the truth. And so, um, yeah, those, those songs have to be gospel-filled and they have to say what's true, um, and whether that's truth that we're singing to God vertically or truth that we are called to sing to each other scripturally, right? We're supposed to horizontally sing the truth to each other. And so we have to be really careful about the content of that, that those songs. I want to give you a shout out, Paul. You do an excellent job of choosing music that is lyrically on, on the, on the mark. I mean, it is biblical. That is so crucial. Can you share just a little insight about how much music is out there that isn't necessarily <laughs> on target. Well, um, boy, there. Well, uh, understatement would be a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because uh, there's music out there that um, I, I heard a guy one time say, "There's a lot of music out there that people just slap a fish on," mm. and what that means is they just kind of like write a very innocuous kind of you know milk toast song that doesn't really say very much and they say it's a christian song and slap a fish on it and they're therefore you know people consume it because it's a quote-unquote christian song um we need to be really discerning as as believers there's there's error coming from um even the christian music industry there is error out there and we have to be discerning in in telling the truth from error and and uh you know, the reasons why you and I would be maybe judged more strictly, according to James, is because we have to be leaders in that. We have to be people that are willing to say, hey, that's error, and this is truth, according to God's word. And so um, there's a lot out there. I mean, just just to give an example, I think the, uh, the figure of something, it might be much higher than this if I'm remembering correctly, but we had recently release some songs through the church. We have two out there right now that we wrote with our songwriting team and out there on Spotify. And I think someone gave, someone gave the figure that there's something like 50,000 or more songs per day uploaded to Spotify. Now that's not just Christian music, but that's music. And it's probably a lot higher than that. But just to think of the, the mass of music production that's coming out there and how, how much, um, error could be in that. We really need to be thinking in terms of um, pastoring our musical content, not just singing songs. Mm-hmm. So that's what we try to do. Even near the end of Ecclesiastes, it says, uh, of the writing of books, <laughs> there seems to be no, no end. end yeah. How much more so today in this digital age? Absolutely. But there is so much material who are comprised of words, mm-hmm. which is what really we're talking about, yeah. the essence of thought, the expression of God, that's uh, placed under the name of the umbrella of religion, that is falsehood. And, right. and we will give an account for God, what we say, what we sing. Yeah. And it's so 
very important. Uh, one of the things I think a lot of people diminish is the importance of music mm-hmm. because they may sing it mindlessly, not realizing that there's error embedded. Right. And it's so crucial that we use words carefully and uh, people can use them flippantly. Um, they can use them obviously maliciously as, as was our emphasis on Sunday, but yeah. it, it's just crucial that we have the right emphasis. And it comes back, I think it just popped into mind, but Romans chapter 12, um, the second verse there, it talks about renewing your mind. And that way we can, I'm paraphrasing now, but we can discern what is the good and, and perfect will of God, right? So that discernment comes along with, uh, we're talking about music and anything in life, but that discernment comes with, I'm saturated with the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't take the song at face value. The song is not scripture. I compare the the uh, the lyrics of the song to the word of God, and if it passes muster there, well, then we can we can sing that as long as it's singable and a good song, you know. <laughs> right. Well, as as I've been implying, even the scriptures are called the word of God, and Jesus Christ Himself is called the Logos, the the Word of God. He's the expression of God incarnate. So we must communicate with words that are effective, that are based upon the word that's been revealed to us. We, we call these the inspired, inerrant scriptures. Mm-hmm. God has communicated to us through words, and he wants us to be careful in how we use our words. Yeah. Uh, maybe I could ask you a, a question about counseling, okay? because you're part of our staff, as am I. What role does communication, the employment of words, play in counseling? Yeah. Um, you, of course, are the authority on this, and we're going to ask you that, that question, too. But I, uh, I've, I sit at the feet of Pastor Kurt, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out your shout-out, Pastor Kurt. You, you shouted me out. I'm going to shout you out. Uh, he's one of the most encouraging men I know, and, and, but he's also one of the wisest, and um, he's taught me a lot about counseling. But as, as we use you know, communication, and that's what counseling is, it's, it's telling the truth. You know? um, I, I've... I've looked at the the term counseling in the past and I just look at it as a big heavy term and man, there's, I got to have a lot of education and I got to have a lot of all, you know, this and that to be a good counselor. But when it boils right down to it, you got to tell the truth. It's truth telling. It's, it's telling people from the word of God, what you know to be true and letting the spirit of God use that, um, impact and to impact their life. So, um, in terms of communicating that truth, I have to know that truth. And so I have to be, I have to be in the word of God. I have to be, um, as I, as I read the word of God, you know, I'm always, things are popping off the page. They just did this morning in reading in Proverbs, things are popping off the page and saying, oh man, this really applies to to myself. And this really applies to this situation over here. But it is, it is first knowing the word of God, um, filling up your, um, your heart, you know, um, first knowing it so you can be able to give it away um, when the situation presents itself. So, If I can interject a moment, yeah. I, you hit a trigger word with me, Proverbs. I was reading oh, Proverbs yeah. today yeah. as well. Yeah, Our, family, our sh- family reads Proverbs uh, for the day of the month, and a lot of people do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I applaud that. And Proverbs is full of insights about the tongue, yes, about communication. Uh, two in my reading for today, today's the 12th day. You might steal some of mine for later. <laughs> <laughs> From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good, mm. and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. That's Proverbs twelve fourteen, And mm-hmm. then verse 18, there's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. 
The tongue of the wise brings healing. Mm-hmm. Truthful lips endure forever. Mm-hmm. We, we really need to effectively uh, get into the heart of the matter with people we're counseling yeah. by communicating the truth from our lips in a way that will help penetrate. And, and how we go about that is important. Yeah. We can't beat people up with words. Right. We can't beat the truth into people, pound the Bible over their heads. <laughs> that doesn't work. We've got to be gracious and kind and yet truthful. Yeah. You know, speaking the truth in, in love, love, Ephesians 4, 15. Yeah. And speaking the truth in love in Ephesians chapter 4, that in that has the goal in mind of of building up, right? Yeah. Building up into Christ. And um and again in Proverbs chapter 12, and this you said the word kindness, and that's that's one thing that um as a believer we really need to be mindful of. And I think maybe sometimes the thing we have the hardest time with with using our words is is being kind to people. Um everyone's going through stuff, not just you. Yeah. And so we have to be really mindful of the fact that because everyone's going through their art, their own hard stuff, we have to speak words of kindness, sometimes hard words, but you can say hard words kindly, mm-hmm. right? You can say hard things with, uh, in a loving way, in a, in a kind way. And I, I think of Proverbs chapter 12 again, because, and, and this is a good encouragement too, by the way, um, this is a little bit of an aside, but as you're talking to people and using your words, don't discount the impact of your personal devotions that day. I can't, count, I can't count how many times That's I've been true. sitting with someone and we're talking and it's like, oh, I just read something this morning, <laughs> you know? And so you don't have to feel like you it's have terrific. to have, you, you don't have to have like a, a degree in counseling on your wall. You can have your morning devotions of God's truth and just give that to people and God's going to give you the opportunity to do that. So but from but back to what I was talking about, Proverbs chapter twelve and verse twenty five, anxiety weighs down the heart, mm. but a kind word cheers it up. There it is. We got a lot of people um, that are are dealing with anxiety, with fear. Um, you can you know you can blame it on everything going on in the world or whatever, or how much we pay attention to it, or screens or whatever it is. The, the truth of the matter is uh, that anxiety is weighing down the hearts of people and people that you know, that I know. And the, the proverb simply says, a kind word cheers it up. Why not be that person? Let's explore a few more moments while we're on the subject of counseling. Yeah. What do we see in the counseling office that illustrates the power of death mm-hmm. and the power of life in the tongue? That's Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Mm-hmm. How does that manifest with the people we deal with? We're not going to divulge any confidences here, right, right. but we do see trends. We do see commonalities between people we visit with when it comes to the way folks talk to each other, especially in a family context. Yeah. So talk to me about that, Paul. What do you see? Uh, we're all family men. We've all blown it. Yeah. Where do we sin with our speech? And where is the power of death and the power of life manifest? Well, that, we could take a, a several podcasts to answer that question, I assume. But um, the the thing that comes to mind, uh, a lot of the things that we deal with here in the counseling offices at Cedarville Church are marriage issues. Mm. And um, the communication that you use as, as a spouse um, not only affects 
yourself not only affects your your spouse, but it affects your children. If you have children, um, husbands, the way the way that they the way that your kids see you talking to your wife and treating your wife is huge. Such such a huge impact. Repeat and, that again, Paul. That, <laughs> that is so important. <laughs> the way that and I'm talking to husbands here. The way that um, your children see you talking to your wife, um, respectfully or disrespectfully, lovingly or unlovingly, harshly or or warmly, um, that has such a huge impact on on children. We say this a lot, um, and it's true. The way that people tend to view God as they grow up and, and go on in life is the way they view their own fathers. So true. And if, if your kids see you, dads, if your kids see you being harsh with their mom, being harsh with them all the time, never joyful, always ready, quick with a critical word, never quick with an encouraging word, guess how they're going to view God. They're going to view God as the guy that's, that's up there ready to bring down the hammer this, as soon as they make a mistake. And um, your job, part of your job, is to give an accurate picture of who God is and as much as we can as sinful human beings uh, to our children. Um, so I see, you know, the, certainly, you know, speech can, can destroy marriages. Um, being careless with your words or letting that evil abundance of your heart speak uh, and come out and slash and burn everything around it. Uh, but you're not affect, affecting just the, the immediate dynamic of your family. You're affecting the dynamics of your kids' families 20, 30 years from now. One of the positive responses I got actually from several different people after preaching the message was, you know, we went home and we talked with our kids about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had a good discussion. Yeah. What do you think those discussions sounded like, Paul? <laughs> well, we have uh, we have those discussions at our house. Um, <laughs> my wife is very good. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but my wife Stephanie, she's very very good at uh, facilitating um, conversations. And the question is always the same on Sunday at lunch, and and that's a that's a very by the way a very good communication time. It is. Um, if you have if you make a point and. You know, you'll make a point to do things that are important to you. So I'm encouraging you to make this an important thing. Um, sit down, have a meal together. It's not always going to work out, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always going to work out with the timing of, of busy life, but make a point to sit down and communicate with each other. And what my wife does on Sunday, and we always have a consistent um, lunchtime. I was going to say dinner time, but then my kids would get on my case for saying dinner instead of lunch wrong time. <laughs> uh, but the question is always the same. Okay, what did you learn? What'd you learn at church today? What'd you learn from the sermon? What do you remember? And it was a very good conversation because it, you know, talking about the tongue and how we use our words applies. It's, it's ageless, right? Across the board. It is. Very young to very old. As soon as you can start to speak, you can start to encourage or discourage. And so um, our conversations were, um, I think, a lot about just that destructive power, uh, the destructive power of the tongue and how we need to really make sure that we are conscious of how we use our words and not just, you know, turning on the hose and letting it fly. Uh, that can be very, very destructive. It, it can. And it's, it's easier to be critical mm-hmm. than it is to be positive. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. We, we are prone to judge 
others more harshly than we are ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't cut people a lot of slack. We don't think before we talk. Yeah. And we respond in an angry way when someone says something instead of backing off and giving it some thought and prayer and responding in a godly way. Yeah. But as per your earlier comments about the illustrations, the metaphors that James employs here, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, that's that's the mature person mm-hmm. because he's able to bridle his whole body if he can control the mouth. Mm. R- really, uh, a lot of people don't realize that the mouth is maybe the one-to-one uh, major indicator, number one indicator that they are really struggling spiritually. See, also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Small fire. And there's so many uh, fires that we set inadvertently because we're careless with our tongue. And so that's a, it's a good, we, we, we all really need to take some time just to meditate on this scripture and really think about, okay, how, how am I doing here? Because our blind spots are our blind spots. We can't see sometimes. And so um, t- take stock, ask a, a trusted uh, Christian friend, um, hey, how am I doing in this area? What do you see coming off my lips um, that's good or bad? So I, uh, I often will use an illustration, or at least on occasion with, with couples or people that are struggling with communication. I'll say, everybody carries two buckets with them all the time. Mm-hmm. They carry a bucket of water and a bucket of gas. <laughs> And when a spark occurs, potentially, <laughs> we have a choice to make in the moment. Am I going to throw water on that spark? Right. Or am I going to throw gas? And of course, we know the imagery is very obvious there. Far too often, we return in kind, a harsh word for a harsh word, mm-hmm. and we inflame the fire. Yeah. Instead of in the spirit saying, Lord, help me to quench this flame that could turn into an inferno and actually eventually destroy our home if we don't get this under control. There's a lot of battles that go on behind the scenes in our families that we don't necessarily hear about, but it's devastating. There is power of death as well as power of life in the tongue. It's crucial that we employ it in a godly way. Kurt, there's probably a lot of people listening right now. They're listening to the things that you're saying and the things that I'm saying and saying, "That's, that's going on in my house. I got fires, I got things going on, and, and we got buckets of gasoline all over the house, mm-hmm. and we got to replace those. We got to replace how how we're doing things because what we're doing isn't working, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, what's the what's the definition of insanity? <laughs> doing the same thing over and over and respecting different result, right? Yeah. Some of us right. are maybe heard your message and are saying, "Hey, we gotta we gotta change course here a little bit. We gotta we gotta turn the tide a little bit." So. Mm-hmm. Um, you have vast counseling experience. You've run into a lot of situations. So what would you say, Kurt, if you're going to give um, some advice today? Um, how can families turn the tide? How can we get this going in a different direction? Back to your point earlier, Paul, we have to each one take personal inventory. Mm-hmm. We, we can't play Holy Spirit in the life of somebody else. Mm-hmm. We've got to let him bring conviction and change to our hearts I believe, as I mentioned early on in my message on Sunday, uh, talking is really a matter of the heart. What's in the heart comes up through the lips. And so when you're talking negatively, critically, harshly, it indicates something's wrong in the soul. Mm -hmm. 
It's like those flashing lights on the dashboard. They indicate that something's wrong under the hood in the engine. It's Luke chapter 6, isn't it? Uh, Luke chapter 6, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's a powerful principle from Scripture that uh, it's the overflow from within us, at the core of our being. So we we need to get along with God, let him search us, uh, test us, see if there's any way of iniquity within us, Mm. and ask him to forgive us and then change us. It it really is the principle of replacement. It's the put off, put on. You know, Job, in a a similar kind of of context, this is Job 31.1, asked the Lord to help him with his lust problems. He said, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I will not lust after a young woman. A covenant with his eyes. We need to make a covenant with our heart Mm -hmm. that we will speak words that build up instead of tear down. Mm -hmm. As I quoted on Sunday, let no corrupt, no unwholesome talk proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of building up that it may minister grace to the hearers. Here's the part we got to put off. Put off all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, that's fisticuffs, and evil speaking, slander, with all malice, that's ill will. And in its place, here's the put off part, I mean the put on part that, if you will, counterbalances the put off, and be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, because of Christ, has forgiven you. That's a choice, but we've got to yield to the Spirit. He's got to control us. Spirit control leads to self-control, Galatians 5 22 and 23. We really have to get, come to grips with our own relationship with God. It, it really does. Our, our mouth does file a report on the condition of our soul. Mm-hmm. Well, Kurt, thank you so much again for uh, your word to us uh, from the book of James on Sunday and, and uh, your wisdom that you uh, continue to impart. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you all today for, uh, for listening and, uh, just encourage you as always, um, make sure that you're not just hearing this, right? Uh, there's not much good in hearing a practical, uh, um, truth from God's word and then just not putting into practice, right? But not, not just being hearers, but also being doers so that we don't go away and forget what we're like, what God's like and, and what we can do uh, in obedience to God to, to turn the tide. Paul, would, would you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. That God will help us all to take this to heart, starting with you and me, yeah. and, and then to the rest of the body. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Mm-hmm. And we need to have words that speak truth, first to our own hearts, from God's word to transform us. Would you lead us in prayer mm-hmm. as we conclude? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, we do thank you for your word. Thank you that you've not left us to our own devices. You've given us instruction in your law. And God, I pray that we would um, obey every one of your your statutes, as your word calls them, your law. Uh, it is good for us. It's not to our detriment, but it's for our good. And so God, help us to obey. I pray, God, for everyone, um, for my own heart, for Kurt's heart, for yes. everyone who's listening right now, God, that we would be uh, doers of your word, that you would help us to um stand guard on our heart and our mouth that we would not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, Mm -hmm. but that we would instead let the words come out that are are good for building up, um, that we would see each other grow up, be more like Jesus Christ, grow 
and give glory to you as we as we live our lives and how we use the members of our body. God, I pray for the the families out there yes. uh, that have have these buckets of gasoline going around and, mm. and are just um, inflaming the fires with their words. God, help them to see um, discern truth from error. And I pray that they would have instead buckets of water in the house. Mm-hmm. They would learn to uh, change that culture of their home um, so that we could um, see truth uh, blossom in our homes. We can see joy and peace in our homes uh, as a result of obeying your word with our, with our mouths. God, we pray all these things in Jesus Christ name, knowing that you will accomplish your will in us as we obey you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you everyone for joining us today. Go and obey the word of God and uh, we'll give glory to him for it. See you next time. Mm-hmm.